shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Blessed by you. We exalt your holy name. We do put our hope in your holy word. Come and expand your word to us this day. Come and teach us your word this day. Come and forgive us our sins and our trespasses. Come and build us up this day. Help us today, Father. Show us great mercy. We put your hope, our hope, we put our hope in your holy word. Show us great mercy this afternoon. Bless us, O oh God, again. Help us again, Father. Deliver us from sin and death. Deliver us from hell and death. Deliver us from all the power of the enemy and them that hate us. Father, you will lift us up all. You will exalt our horn. You will exalt our horn like the horn of a unicorn. You will bless us indeed, even today. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. Oh, we welcome your presence here today. Thank you for this solemn atmosphere. This is a presence, this is the atmosphere of the Spirit. The atmosphere of the presence of the Lord is in the house today. Even our Father, He wants to speak to us, communicating His Word and His nature this afternoon. Father, we thank you. Lord, we welcome your Word again. Thank you, and we put our hope in your Holy Word. Just as the song has said, in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being here again. And those online, thank you for joining us. Those who will be listening, God bless you. The Lord will increase you in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray increase in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, thank you, Uncle Sam. Thank you for being on the keys. Thank you for the worship team. Praise God and technical as well for putting this together. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Can we open our Bibles to the book of Colossians chapter 2? Amen. Today will be a continuation of last week. Uh, so if you missed last week, you can go back and listen to it again. Uh, by the message of God, we are continuing, going to be talking on faithfulness, righteousness, faithfulness. So faithfulness is judgment. We've been talking about that a lot from Isaiah 28, righteousness and judgment. But the more, I think the better, the softer language to use to call judgment is faithfulness. Amen. Because we'll think of judgment as a harsh treatment, but that's not what it is. Amen. So we're going to rephrase it and call it faithfulness. Praise the name of the Lord. But faithfulness is judgment. Amen. As we have been teaching it. Because you journey from righteousness to judgment. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, let's start there. Let's start from Azar 28 then. We'll come to Colossians 2 later. But I'll just let you know that the curriculum of a Christian is righteousness and judgment. Amen. Which we are calling faithfulness. Praise the name of the Lord, because people faithfulness is more palatable to us <laughs> than the word judgment. Amen. So I'll be thinking about it. You know, when we talk about judgment, judgment, I'm like, ah, these people will be, what are these people saying? Is it that judgment is coming upon the earth? No. 
Now, that's a different kind of judgment. We are talking about when a man, think about it, who, is, who, who, deliv- who delivers judgment? A judge. Amen. Who, who is a deliverer of judgment? Is a judge. And if you go to a law court, the judge delivers judgment. But you wonder, many cases take more than one year. Why? Why did the judge not just give the judgment on the first day? It's because judgment is about understanding. And it takes time to come into understanding. So the judge, like I remember, I don't know, may you never have any court case in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But if you, if you are familiar with court, it takes time. Sometimes people won't get tired and now drop the case. Amen. Because it takes too long. Praise God. I have a little experience with it. It takes too long. So they just, just be like, okay, let this thing just pass away. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So, it, why? Because the judge cannot, it, it won't take one day. He has many cases. So, some cases, they have so much, like I know in the province right now, they have too much backlog of cases. So, many people give up on cases. So, if it's not a serious enough matter, you will just tell the court, man, I don't have time. Let's be moving on. Because all that while you are paying lawyer, do you get me? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. Praise the name of the Lord. So a judge, he cannot, and the judge will not because they've said there's a backlog of cases, now rush a case. He has, that's the direction of duty. Because the judge, for him to come up with a judgment, he must understand, comprehend the case from both sides. Amen? So judgment is what? Understanding, a full understanding. So a full grasp of what the prosecutor is saying and a full grasp of what the defendant is saying over time that the judge is able to put together the case. The judge can almost mentally envision what happened on that night that this case happened. As a result of all that, the timelines that he has gotten from the defendant, the timelines he has gotten from the prosecutor, all the evidence that the police has, is able to put and envision a case. Amen. That may be a criminal case. In a civic case, you will put together the timeline of the defendant and the prosecutor. Amen. And maybe if it's a business case, maybe there's a dispute between two companies or an employer and an employee. Praise God. That's what they call a civil case. Amen. <laughs> I'm giving you uh, <laughs> legal uh, understanding one word. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Once you're in a civil case, don't be afraid. It has nothing to do with a prison sentence. That one has to do with money. Most civil cases are about money. You chop my money, you didn't chop my money. Do you get it? That's the argument of civil case. But when you start dealing with blood, do you get it? Somebody has died, amen? Then you are now turning into criminal, criminal case. Somebody has been wronged with harm, physical harm or uh, mental harm. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But the, 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 the demand, what the judge needs to achieve is understanding. The judge will need to come about, based on what he has learned, a timeline of the events, based on what he has heard. 
Amen. Because they're able to poke holes in the story of the defendant because some of them are lying. And also the story of the prosecutor because some of them are lying. And also and come up with a holistic picture of what is the best case scenario of what happened that day. So that is so judgment is putting right what is right in order. Am I communicating? Because the opposite of what is right is false. Amen? So when the prosecutor has finished saying all his lies, inside those lies, there are some truths inside there. But he, he will quote it with lies to make his case more appealing to the judge. The defendant will also do the same thing. Quote his beautiful part of his truth with some falsehoods. Even though he knows his, 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 his client has the better case. But somehow they find a way to sugarcoat it still. Because they are trying to make an impression on the judge. So the judge's job is to be brutal. Look past the dressing. Do you get me? How to f- extract the truth from the prosecutor, the truth from the defendant, and get, get rid of all the dressings, all the falsehoods they've dressed around it. And then put what is right from both sides in order, meaning in sequence of events. Praise the name of the Lord. For example, maybe the defendant will say that, uh, no, you know what? I'm telling the truth. I was actually there, but I was there at 8 p.m. But the prosecutor has said that the guy at 8 p.m. they they saw him in 7-Eleven. Am I going to get it? So he's telling the truth. He was there, but <laughs> he lied at the time that he was there. So when the judge is assessing the understanding, he will say, "Okay, he was there, but he wasn't there at 8 p.m." He was there at 9 p.m. So at 8 p.m. was in 7-11. At 8.30 then he went, he probably went home, and then at 9 o'clock he came to this person's house. So a judge's job is to put together righteousness in what? In his proper order. So that's why it's called line upon line. Are you seeing the Bible? You know, so all these things that they are doing is God that uttered it. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. It's God that did. Let me tell you, in the, Amer- in the United States of America, there are constitutional states. The first in their constitutional states, the Lord God, our King, our Judge, and our Lawmaker. The whole government is built on that. The presidency, the concept of a king. The Senate and the House of the Congress is the concept of lawmaker. And then the courts is the concept of judge and it was supposed to be the, the Lord God though. but you know get me that's, that's, that's the frame that, you know, the, the greatest civilizations are framed from they still took it from godliness they took the concept from God praise God they took the concept from God so let's see Isaiah 28 amen uh, is everyone ready for me today Praise God. Hallelujah. I know some people will still listen to this online because I know this summer has been too busy for many people. I feel like maybe, you know, the past two years, many people have been having plans to do things. Then all of a sudden, it just opened up in July and everybody just wanted to marry. And the same, <laughs> same few weeks that I left in the summer. So I want people to be saying, oh, I'm going for this, I'm going to do this, this, that. I'm like, okay, we thank God. <laughs> <laughs> amen. So it's like a flood of things going on. Amen. Praise God. After a while, people will also still calm down. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Let's see. So, Isaiah 28, uh, verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from milk and drawn for, from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Now, note that word, precept and line. Note that word, precept and line. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Hear a little and dear a little. Now, let me jump a little bit to 15. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge. Number one, there are two different. So lies are our refuge. And then the second one, and under falsehood, we have hid ourselves. Verse 16, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious corner stone, a sure foundation, he that believeth shall not make haste. Now verse 17, Judgment also will I lay to what? To the line. So judgment is for the line. Amen. And righteousness to the plummet. The plummet there is the precepts. Amen. Because what judgment is, judgment is our arranging precepts in right order. So the precepts is the many waters. You see it. And, and, uh, and, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies. That's judgment. That's judgment. So judgment is hail. Meaning water that has formed block, stone. Hail is still water. It has just formed block. It's become tough. It's become concrete. It become a stone. Amen. So, and hail, the meaning judgment shall sweep away the refuge of lies. And the water, so the waters is righteousness. Amen. And these waters are many waters. That's why it's called the plummet. Plummet is, means the spoil. You know, but back the when they mean refer to plummet back in the days when they when there's warfare. For example, when uh, Israel is fighting the Philistines, amen. And Israel has conquered the the Philistines. What will happen after the conquest is that they will take the plummets of the Philistines, meaning all their goods. Are you not seeing the concept of plummet? Plummet is many, all the righteousness. All the waters. So, plummet is like an ocean. Judgment is what will arrange the ocean into rivers. I, I, I don't know if you are. Are you catching the... Amen? Are you catching it? So, the content of judgment is still righteousness. That's what I'm trying to say. So, it's not like judgment is another content. Just like hail is still water. Oh my God. Are you hearing me today? The content of judgment is what? Righteousness. But righteousness that has been hardened. Righteousness that has become faithfulness. That cannot turn. Meaning you are too convinced without a shadow of the doubt. That's when a judge will make a judgment. He's too convinced that yes, you killed this person. He's too, more, he's too clear. The evidence is clear. Then he can now give a judgment. 
Praise the name of the Lord. So are you seeing, are you seeing this journey? This is, is a journey of righteousness unto faithfulness. Where you can no longer turn again. Because the, the, the Father's name is faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. We sang this song this morning. Great is thy faith. His name is faithful. His great is thy faithfulness. He cannot turn. The Bible says concerning him, the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. The Bible says God does not tempt any man, nor can he be tempted. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own. So, when you are di- discussing with fatherhood, you are discussing with not inability to turn. In sickness or in health, for better or for worse. I see those kind of covenants. Seeing those kind of covenants. He cannot turn. Amen. But really, really hear me. If a man lacks knowledge, meaning lacks righteousness, he will turn. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Meaning, you know, a man can the man can be there, but inside he has turned. <laughs> He's there because society, you get me? Society says he should be there. But inside, he has turned. Praise God. Why? Because it will take an understanding for a man to be faithful. Without that understanding, it will take just uh, pressure, peer pressure, society to just keep you. That's why, I, I, you know, that's why I always tell people, I, I know a brother, in fact, God taught me this early from when I moved to, I know a brother, when I moved to Canada, you know, back in old Nigeria, I wasn't really, I was a playboy. I was, you know, anyhow. But this brother, who was a, my classmate, just one year my senior, used to go to church three times a week. Imagine, we be making fun of him. He's going to church, right? Three times a week. Both of us came to Canada at the same time. <laughs> you don't know he's not by three times a week. He was, he was iron sharpened iron and pressure that was keeping him and his parents. But once they just free him, unleash. <laughs> They don't unleash the boy. <laughs> I was just, as I prayed for the boy, I was feeling bad. Because you know, when you see somebody who was good, a very good person that used to look up to, everybody used to look up to, you know some people, they'll be, you know, you're making fun of somebody, but you're envying the person, you know. You're envying the person, that's why you're making fun of the person. That's why you Amen. Amen. My wife, you know him. <laughs> It's very painful. <laughs> the boy, ah, and his mother will be calling him. Did you go to church today? He will now lie. After, you know, there was time I was not trying to drag him to church. Every now and again, maybe then when Gigi would do a program, I'll force him to come. He gets me. <laughs> because we're just friends. But he wasn't. 
But I was still trying to be close. The day I said, okay, you know what? I'm done. This boy tried to put weed inside my, it was big, we're baking uh, muffin. He now put weed inside it. <laughs> I descended it to him. You know, I was suspecting him already. He was my roommate then. I said, no, this one, this is the end. I thought, I said, I'll be helping you for my So on time, he started telling me, ah, but there's not only he was watching this show, someone wants to pick guns, CNN, who will go about and be visiting different uh, religions. And I say, but do you know that, he said, James, do you know that there are 80 different religions? How are we sure that it's Christianity that is the, this thing? As I, as you were saying that, and I said, say, you know, in my heart, I was like, okay, I think the time has come, the hour comes that he gets me. <laughs> we will start, you know, Helping you from afar because I don't want to be doctored with this kind of stuff, man. I'm still a young boy in Christianity. Even <laughs> he was not talking about how Buddha, that he said trying Buddha stuff, that he's bringing some peace, that he's not only Christians. He gets me. I was like, hey, oh, but I need to be careful now. Amen. You, and this is wisdom. You have to be wise, though. You have friends that are not saved, like, you know, in the sense of righteousness. Amen. And it's good to be close to them. But sometimes Satan can also, you know, it's a warfare. God is trying to use you to save them. Satan is trying to use them to save you. <laughs> <That was it. laughs> so, it depends on who salvation is strong. So, if you feel like you're not too strong in the faith, please <laughs> give a little bit of distance. Amen. But I, I want, so I was now wondering, what was happening? Isn't that the, what, was, what were they saying in the church three times a week? That this boy, as he just landed in Canada, he just manifested, he just decided to, amen. It's because of lack of knowledge. That was the gap. Lack of knowledge. Now, why I will not turn? I'm in Canada, I can turn if I want to turn, but I will not turn because I have seen, the, the Bible will say, I have known whom I have believed. Right? That's how Paul will say it. It means I believe first. Amen? Most, you know, in most, in most, local, most churches, we have believers. There's an emphasis on believing. It's great. Amen? That's the beginning. But Paul said there's another level. Amen? Where you now know whom you have believed. You know, the Bible will say, God, who will have all men to be saved. He was revealing his will. God, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God knows that without the knowledge of the truth, God will have to be using a lot to preserve you as a baby. Amen. He will have to be using a lot to what? Preserve you as, how do I know it? How do I know it? Why do Christians have those, you know, Christians without having that leaning that maybe, maybe this, uh, you know, getting is okay. Do you get me? Because it's prevalent in society. It's too much. 
You get me? They are also nice people. I know some of them. I love them, oh. This one, hey, I love them. <laughs> Very much. Praise God. But my Bible says, Amen. You get my, it's my Bible. It's not me. It's my Bible. <laughs> It's not me at all. It's my Bible. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. That is not right. That's what my Bible says. Amen. So I don't, I, you know, you, you can be the nicest person on earth. Well, what is not right is not right. I'm sorry. It's not right. Praise the name of the Lord. And so. Are you saying somewhere, you will see that somewhere the body is shifting towards accepting it? Do you, do you know why that shift is occurring? It's occurring because of lack of knowledge. Amen. And thank God for how God does it, you get me? That while you are babies, there's a way God, will, God, God designed some churches to preserve babies. I know within Christian Church of God is one such church that God designed to preserve babies. The discipline of our the church, the, the, the arrangement is to preserve babies. Amen. Am I communicating? There are some churches that God empowered like that. That they have there's a, a lot of strength in the house to preserve babies. That you can stay there. Amen. And though in your mind though you will be liking some of the world things, but because of the, you know, there's a culture in the place, amen, that you have to be holy. You, get it? you have to arrange yourself. It's a culture of the atmosphere. And it's a good thing, you know. It's a culture of the atmosphere to preserve mind so that the mind will not go too far. Amen. So that the mind will not what? Go too far. Praise the name of the Lord. So if you check it, there are some people that you take away from that environment. Amen. And they are not under righteousness. You will check their life in a few months, in a few months' time. Amen. In a few months' time, in a few years' time, what will happen to their life? You will begin to see things that ought not to be there, there, in terms of how they think. Amen. It's almost like, you know how the Bible will say that while you are babies, God will put you under servants to manage you. Because a baby is not worthy of the inheritance yet. That's in the book of Galatians. Amen. Until that baby is ready to grow. So those servants, they have a discipline over you. Am I communicating? They have a discipline over you to watch over your souls while you are a baby because you... As a baby, you cannot, you will not be able to resist the power of this world. Amen. They've taken over the message right now. So, amen. As a baby, you will not be able to resist the what? The power of this world. Because the only thing that can resist the power of this world is God's righteousness. God's own knowledge. How do I know? How is God resisting the power of this world? <laughs> that he cannot be tempted. Uh, excuse me. 
is he not seeing the things that are happening? Why is he not moved? He has something. He has something. He has substances. He has an understanding. He has a wisdom, which is Christ, the wisdom and the power of God. And he tested it. He now sent the Christ <laughs> to be tempted in every way that you are tempted, yet without sin. So he went to go and prove it. Okay, so that people will not now say it's because he's sitting in heaven on the throne. And he has covering with angels. Okay, he went. Okay, I go. Let me send that life down and let it walk its walk on the earth. And be tempted. So people will think that you cannot resist this sin. Let, be, let him be tempted with everything that you are tempted with. And he did not move either. So that life was proven on earth. It's proven in heaven. Whose life is that? Christ. What is the word for that again? Righteousness. The word of God. The unveiling of the word of God. So, the answer to sin is understanding. You must be able to, you must begin to decode it in the scriptures according to his righteousness. That's the only permanent answer. The temporal answer is to put you under a servant with king. <laughs> That's a backstop. Why? Why you are still a baby? They have to put you under a servant with king. Praise the name of the Lord. But the permanent answer is to make you mature. Give you understanding above it. Am I communicating? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I said they're taking over the meeting today. Somebody has taken it over. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said understanding. What are you understanding? God's righteousness. Huh? What are you understanding? God's righteousness is the solution. I, and what I mean solution here, it is the permanent solution. It is the permanent solution. It is the permanent solution to every enmity against God in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Imagine you've come to a place, you've known all that God likes, and you've accepted it. You've now known all that God hates, and you've hated it. What can then separate you from, from God? No, you think about it. Do you know what separates us from God? There's something we are looking at out there. So, though you may be in the presence, like Cain. <laughs> Cain was in the presence of God and seeing visions out there. It, the day he left is not the day he left. He left right there in the presence. <laughs> That's when he left. When those visions, as he's seen those visions and God is speaking, he's not believing God again. So, when it's time to offer, 
You say, see, this is not looking like my future, so you offer half offering. You don't invest where you are living now. Amen? You invest where you are staying. So, Ken was, if Abel was seeing, this is where I am, this is where I'm staying, Abel was investing the, the offering. But Cain, what happened to Cain? Cain was seeing a different business scheme that was outside the presence. Seeing, knocking at his door, acting movie. Sometimes I also, I also, you know, I, sometimes I, in my, my mind, I just, it's like maybe movie animation just plays before me. I remember when I used to be in my previous house, when I'm sitting in the living room, the way I see it, you know, I don't know if anybody has been to that my previous house in Roseland Village. Like, there's, there's the, there's the, almost like a park where children play because the house is not towards the road. It's like enclosed. So there's like a circle park where children play. So when I was sitting there in the living room, I was like, sometimes I was just seeing, not that the children are Satan, I was just, 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 just playing a movie in my head, that that's how Satan can just be. You'll just be sitting in your household with God, and you'll be looking outside, outside the window, and somebody is just dancing for you. <laughs> Before you know it, most of my, my daughter will say, I want to go outside and go and play. Whatever is going on inside is no longer attracting her. What is her, what, the dancing... The, the, the bike, when you're playing, the kids laugh and play. She wants to go and join them. That's how Satan was doing to Cain. Playing movies. Blockbuster. Avengers. Marvel Studios. <laughs> Fast and Furious. <laughs> ah, Cain was watching the movie. I said, God is boring, though. Okay, you know why you compare us all this Marvel to Manzayo movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, forgive me. Let me confess my sin. I have seen. <laughs> my wife likes Manzayo movie, so she'll be watching it. I'm like, please, now, can you put something? <laughs> Imagine, 
I, I love that Avenger thing so much. Uh, you start wondering, ah, ah you know, I'm not trying to own the same righteousness inside the thing. Don't force it, just leave it alone. <laughs> well enough God took an act movie oh. hey hey I remember Reverend was teaching us one day he has read all the books the, those Lord of the Ring books he has read all the books the Lord of the Rings movie you watch is just a tiny speck of the whole story when I was just in the story I said hey I was engrossed and it was a Christian writer that wrote that thing Yes, it was a Christian writer who wrote it because it was the how it began. The fight start began from the heavens. Yes, it's a, it's a Christian book story. A Christian writer who wrote it. That bad guy in the Lord of the Rings, in fact, was an angel. He was the fallen angel from the beginning story. It's because we don't have enough knowledge. Get knowledge, we'll act movie too. Ah. <laughs> Praise God. If God acts movie for you concerning the world to come, you'll be gone. But you need the knowledge. You need the knowledge. You need the knowledge. You need the righteousness. So it's righteousness that will be the backbone to make you faithful. To make you stay with God. Is righteousness. Is the is the waters, is the foundation, is the backbone that carries that thing. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. How many of us know Beacon Lagos is coming? Yes, so did you did, did we hear the song that they came out with? As in, I was wondering, I was like, ah, Pastor Mecca was saying this way that. You know, you know, Satan intended that rap team for something else. He said, these boys, they've turned it sorry. <laughs> Amen. And you'll be, you'll be checking out Flo, Flo Rocker's little, little, you know, at the, in the background. He was putting in some jabs at the background as the song was going. Amen. It's going to be an awesome feast. Amen. God will help us understand. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's see the scripture. Judgment also will I lead to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters shall overflow the hiding place. So, your curriculum is righteousness. Am I communicating? Your curriculum is what? Is righteousness. Amen. In a, in, a, in a way, though we say, okay, this is Life with this Fellowship, in a way, it's, it's, a, it's a Bible teaching, it's a Bible study. Meaning, it's a curriculum of righteousness. 
Praise God. Am I communicating? Where righteousness is taught. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Are we ready for me this afternoon? This is a continuum of last week. Faithfulness, righteousness, right? Righteousness unto faithfulness. Or righteousness unto judgment. Hallelujah. Now, hear my gist. Now, I want, to, I want to see who is the best among us. I know, and I'll ask you a question. Have you, have you ever been through this journey, this journey, of, and you've never thought of living? Raise your hand. You, it has never crossed your mind that, let me just leave, let me just things too. It has never crossed your mind. Because if you raise your hand, come and tell us how you did it. <laughs> as if you've never doubted it. I <laughs> you never thought, ah, why this, all this labor, why not, why can we not just go? <laughs> eh? Come and tell us how you did it now, so that you can save us. Amen, because who people that are preaching to you have, it's in our... <laughs> Amen, because it's, it's normal. If you have not attained judgment yet, you will always have the, you will, you will see the potential to fall. For a righteous man falleth. They never said a faithful man falleth. Am I coming again? They never said a faithful man falleth seven times. They say a righteous man. Because on the journey to faithfulness, you will fall. While you are approaching faithfulness, you will stumble. But as long as you are still righteous, they say righteous, meaning you will love righteousness. When you stumble, you will get up. Because you love righteousness. Amen. Amen. So, the way I gauge it, maybe if maybe I was this on for like a few weeks, a few months, the way I gauge it, is the person new, if the person is new, I'll be following up. How are you doing? But if the person for two or three years will be teaching you, you'll be hearing righteousness, and I'll know it's a different matter. I know it's okay. <laughs> One day, that righteousness you'll be hearing, it's in his day, it will be disturbing your life. It will, be, it will disturb your life until you come back. Amen. Unless I know there's something wrong. Because this righteousness is deadly. If you hear it well enough, it will come, even though you have even vexed for the thing, you can vex, it's still there. <laughs> Eh? You can get angry, it's still where? It's still there. One day, when God is ready for you to meet you again, do you get me? Something will happen in your life, you remember the righteousness. Why? How did I know that thing is still there? That's what Mary was hearing. Amen? Mary was seated at his feet, hearing righteousness. Jesus now said, one thing is needful. Mary had chosen it, and it cannot, it shall not be taken away from her. It means righteousness is an addition that cannot be taken away from you. Amen. The way God, the Holy Ghost used to teach me this, it was like, after you go through driving school and you learn how to drive a car, do you have to go to driving school again? No. So it means that knowledge is permanent. 
Though you have to practice, we practice every now and again, but the knowledge is an addition. It means you've actually been altered with the knowledge of how to drive. The Holy Ghost told me, so it is working with me. And, and that one is own earthly knowledge. After you die, you forget it. But God's own will follow you into eternal life. It's a permanent addition. It will continue on. So every time you come under righteousness revelation, you are being permanently changed. You don't know. People don't know. You know, people don't know what is going on in their life. You are being permanent. You are not. You, the, the same way you came is not the same you live here. Amen? It's not the same you will live here. Something has taught you that you did not come here with. A permanent addition in your life. So don't joke with it. So most times, people are, you are, men, souls cheat themselves by not hearing righteousness. And God understands there are situations, circumstances that makes you not to be in person. But that's why God makes sure we beam out online. So that there be no excuse for a man not to hear righteousness. Praise the name of the Lord. How did I know this again? Romans chapter 1, that story of I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If you go and look at the context. Amen. Paul wrote to the book of Romans while he was in Asia. He was writing to the Romans while he was in Asia. And in Asia, he said that he suffered beyond what he could bear. Satan attacked Paul in Asia. Am I communicating? Satan attacked Paul in Asia because Paul was hitting another landmark in righteousness. He was in Asia. He also wrote the book of Corinthians where he will say, uh, 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 um, I think it's first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 3, pressed down but not broken, Persecuted those those statements. You are saying that I think First Corinthians chapter four. I believe thereabouts. Let's go there. Let's see it so that we can understand what Paul was facing. Why he was uh, in the season. He was writing the book of Romans. Second Corinthians chapter four. Thank you. Verse eight. We are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So that's what he was facing in Asia. Persecution, a lot of strife. Why was Satan attacking him like that? Paul was breaking bounds, breaking bounds in righteousness. So Satan was making him, bringing all those things, famine, perplexity, to make him ashamed of the gospel. So by, by the spirit, I can interpret that Paul season. You get me? I've not faced what Paul faced, but I've faced something, you get me, around those lines. And I know what, how it feels like. You will know that you will know something. They want to tell you. Something is suggesting to you that just drop this thing. You'll be okay. <laughs> it's like a whisper. <laughs> just drop all the righteousness. Oh, Apple, your life will be okay. Meaning the siege that is in your life will be lifted. Just drop all of righteousness. That's the feeling. I've felt that feeling before. So that's what Paul was feeling. 
at this hour. Shame surrounded him. As though nothing he was, is working. You know, I got just almost picture. Maybe Brother Linus that he taught. Brother Linus has started preaching to the congregation of 1,000. Whereas Paul has been teaching. <laughs> and when Linus will start preaching to the congregation of 1,000, Linus will forget Paul. I will not even send anything. <laughs> Amen. And Satan will send boys who will come and be reminding Paul. Ah, Paul, I just came from, you remember Linus, like your son, I just came from his church. Wow, he's doing so well. Ah, Paul will be like, hey. <laughs> Linus has blown. Amen. So Paul was feeling shame. He was not wondering. Then you now start comparing what you are preaching, what Linus is preaching. Do you get me? So you now say, ah, did I get something wrong somewhere? <laughs> I'm just preaching Christ, Christ, Christ. Linus has entered into all kinds of things now, man. And things are working for his favor. Amen. <laughs> so Paul will start considering his life. Shame was strong upon Paul. Not knowing later, he now got the revelation of what's going on. He caught the revelation of what's going on. Now, this is what's going on. Why you are learning righteousness? You don't know your hand in treasure. The devil knows. He knows the he knows the value of it. You don't know. You are just hearing word. You think? That's one for Bible study. Hearing word. Okay, I right, no no that, that's deep. Mm, you don't know what you are handling. So why you are still ignorant of what you are handling? Satan will try and bring shame around your life so that he will tell you that this is rubbish. You are just hearing words. If you drop this rubbish, Amen. If you drop this rubbish, I will give you a house. If you drop this rubbish, you will bloom. And you, you will be believing him because, ah, is this, oh, we're just hearing, they're just talking now. It's not a big deal. I can hear it somewhere else. It's not the same thing, no. That's somewhere else, it's something else you are hearing. It could be the word of God, but not word of righteousness. Amen. Because there's milk of the word. Am I communicating? Is milk of the word, not the word of God. Milk of the word is the word of God. But the Bible says there is milk of the word, there is meat, and then there is what? There is strong meat. Am I communicating? Am I communicating? Am I speaking to somebody? Amen. So, there are diverse preachings. Some of them is considered milk of the word of God. Milk of the word of God is very simple to discern. Is he talking about your prosperity? Is he talking about your healing? Is he talking about the balance of your life on earth? Is milk of the word. Amen. And it's still the word of God. There's an anointing associated with it. The only problem with it is what Paul revealed in Hebrews chapter 5. In Hebrews chapter 5. Let's see it. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 15. Let's see the limitation of the milk of the word. The limitation of the milk of the word. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 13. Amen. I'm laboring on our behalf today. Amen. So I, I hope we are getting something. Verse 13. For everyone that useth milk is what? Is what? So it's not that milk is bad. You just you are, you are, milk is like you are in high school. You are unskillful in what? In the word of righteousness. Last week I shared the story of one guy I used to work with in a white house. Do you get me? Who was earning $25 an hour? 
Amen. Working uh, in, he used to work in the oil sands too. So he was trying to convince me why going, my, going to school is a waste of my time. Why am I going to university? Because when I graduate from university, how much would I earn? Maybe I was, they will stop me with $20 per hour. So he was trying to convince me that there's no point that I should come and join him in where? <laughs> Thank God I don't say I didn't know. Sometimes I said I can send for some boys. So because I wanted to be nice. He was a Caucasian guy. So I wanted to maybe mix. Maybe not just be as only Nigerian friends I have. Only black people I know. So I wanted to, you know, he wants to be friends with him. At that time, I was facing financial issues with school. So by the time you combine the financial issues with oil rig work, do you get me? The temptation is heavy. Praise <laughs> the name of the Lord. So, so the boy was making sense. Because last class, all this labor, I now graduate, I now earn $20 per hour. $20 per hour. Whereas he's already earning it now. And he was not showing me how you can, after a few years, they'll give you 30. You know, they pay then 35. I was not wondering, ah, is it? <laughs> Is this it? Praise the name of the Lord. That's how it can be when you are in milk. Milk is already prospering you. You feel you are already getting everything your carnal mind can understand as what it needs from God. And that's the truth. Milk will provide everything your carnal mind understands as what you need from God. Milk will deliver it for you. Amen. Well, the problem is that that milk, amen, makes you unskillful in the world of righteousness. Unskillful means not completely accurate. Not completely accurate. Am I communicating? Amen. But it has a dimension of truth. For example, to make heaven is true. It has its truth. It has a dimension of truth, but it's not fully skilled. Because the promise that he has promised us is eternal life. Amen. But you said it's not a, that thing to make heaven is not a bad thing. It's not a wrong thing. You need to get me. It's not a wrong thing. It's a milk definition of aspiration to God. But when you come under more understanding, you now realize that you make heaven and God will tell you that he's moving out. And God will tell you that he's changing it like it, you change your clothes, your wardrobe. He, I, I, is that what the Bible says? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 10, 11, 12. Amen. And maybe if, for the sake of people who may not be understanding me online, we can go and see it. Hebrews chapter 1 verse, chapter 1, I will start from verse 10. He says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning, hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. Verse 11, what will happen to them? They shall perish. Right, the heaven you want to make, but it's a great thing because the fact that you make the heaven means God can continue from there afterwards. So it's not wrong in entirety. But when you come into more skill, what will more skill teach you? That you can have eternal life here on earth. You don't have to be waiting and waiting for heaven. You can receive the life of God now as you are hearing it right now. That's what better skill will teach you. Another milk definition is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. That's milk definition. But go and read the scripture well. That whole scripture was talking about take no thought for your life. 
what you shall eat. He now says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's after that he now says, it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It means all these things I'm saying. I know it seems impossible. But actually the father is actually eager to give it to you. Amen. So, milk definition will tell you you have entered the kingdom. But it's good. It's a good thing to have in milk. So that you have that thing hanging in your head. But you have not entered the kingdom, to be honest. To enter the kingdom will take water and the spirit, as the Bible says. Amen? Am I lying? When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, in John chapter 3, from verse 3 to 5, right? Except a man be born again, he cannot what? He cannot see the kingdom of God. Then in verse 5, except a man be born of water, water, which is the word, knowledge, righteousness, amen, and the spirit, he cannot what? He cannot enter, enter. So if you want to enter, for entrance, you need righteousness. Amen. For entrance, you need what? Righteousness. A man cannot enter the kingdom if he has not learnt Christ. I'm sorry, breaking news. Amen. If I told you otherwise, I'll be lying to you. Amen. You cannot enter the kingdom except you learn Christ. Let it sink. If you don't believe me, it's your own. You cannot enter the kingdom except you learn righteousness. What do you say, sir? The righteous. Yes. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth truth may enter. I think maybe we should just journey it a little bit. No, no, no Christ, no righteousness, no kingdom. And because it's very simple. Whose dominion is it? It's God's dominion. So if you don't learn his knowledge, which is his dominion, huh? what is, what he said, his kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom. The scepter of his kingdom is what? So if you don't learn righteousness, how are you going to? How are you going to operate in his kingdom, in his dominion? Because it's dominion of the king. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let's do a little bit of journey of it. We still have about 30 minutes, 35 thereabouts. Just a little bit of journey. Azar 26, we'll start there. We'll also go to First Peter, or Second Peter chapter 1. Isaiah 26, from verse 1 to 3. Now, in first, Second Peter chapter 1, it confirmed, you will confirm that this gate here is the kingdom. Because in Second Peter, it talks about, uh, uh, it will open up an abundant entrance, abundant entrances into the everlasting kingdom of our God. Amen. And in Revelation 21, you will find out that there are 12 gates. Amen. There are 12 gates. So let's see. In that day, 
shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls. So the wall alone is salvation. Just the wall. You know there are grades of salvation. There is eternal salvation. There is everlasting salvation. The wall is everlasting salvation. Because it's an everlasting kingdom that carries eternal life inside it. If you listen, that's why I said, praise God, you may have to go back and listen to last week's message for everything to join. Last week's message, we started from Colossians chapter 2, which was mystery of Christ, which is righteousness. The next one was mystery of the Father, which is that everlasting life. And then the last one was mystery of God, which is eternal life. So we're breaking it down. So the first one, mystery of Christ, is righteousness. The second one, mystery of the Father, is faithfulness or judgment. And then the last one, mystery of God, eternal life, is mercy, is a gift. But the gift is given to those who have entered the everlasting kingdom. Amen. I don't think I'll finish this today because the thing is many now. But let's cover what we can cover. Amen. So, in that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates. So by the time you are entering the gates, you are already saved. You are already come to everlasting salvation. Meaning you've come into everlasting life. Entering these gates is what? Everlasting life. Because what is after righteousness? Judgment. Faithfulness. And they say there's a righteous nation that will enter the gates. Are you saying that? They say there's a righteous nation that what? That will enter the gates. Oh, my daughter, Finn, you're welcome. I'm just saying you. I know you've come since, but I just noticed you're here. Been here. Praise God. Thank you for joining us. Amen. Praise God. I hope everybody can hear me well at the back. At the back. <laughs> I will say, well, don't leave it like that. <laughs> Amen. But, but I don't know why we, don't, we can like the back. <laughs> it's okay. We praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It says, open you the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth. So what makes you righteous is that you're a keeper of truth. You're a keeper of the word. Is that not clear? Sanctify them, O God, by thy word. What is thy word? Thy word is truth. You cannot escape this truth. You know, most, many of us Christians, we like to do wilderness journey 40 years. I don't know. I don't know. Is the, I don't know. Satan has plagued God people that like God, God's people, a lot. The same plague that he plagued them in the wilderness is the same plague. We know how we can dance around. You know, in the body of Christ can do many things, and they've not touched truth. <laughs> and you may wonder, oh, maybe I'm, me, I'm the one wasting my time. Oh. Because it looks like they are okay. It looks like what they are doing is okay. <laughs> not knowing that they are walking around in wilderness for 40 years. 
you have not taught truth, you are not doing, you are not even started with God in terms of entrance into kingdom. But he can manage you out there in the camp, in the wilderness. As for as long as it takes. Why? Because he's everlasting. If it takes 100 years, God will wait 100 years until the people are ready. If you have not taught truth, you can't enter that is promised land called kingdom. Because you enter by water and spirit. It's good. Let this thing stone inside you. Let it stay. It's the truth. Amen? Or does somebody have an alternative theology to what I have said? <laughs> Please come, come argue your case. <laughs> Amen. Please go. I'll give you my come argue your case. Amen. No truth, no kingdom. No truth, no kingdom. Let it settle. No truth, no kingdom. In fact, the truth is what is the passport to enter the kingdom. In fact, the truth is not what... You, by learning truth, you are not going to enter the kingdom. It's when you have learnt it and kept it that they will now grant you access to the kingdom. Meaning when you have learnt it and it's in, you have become faithful with it, you are no longer turning with it. Then you can enter the kingdom. God's kingdom is not cheap. God speaks by faith a lot. So when once he's giving, once he's giving birth to babies, God already sees them in the kingdom. Do you know why? They just need to grow up by truth. They will enter. Amen? They just need to grow up by truth. They will enter. But if they want to dance around the mountain and walk around wilderness in 40 years, there's nothing God can do. The next generation, he will try again for them to enter. But somebody is going to enter. Me, I'm going to enter. Are you ready to enter with me? It's by righteousness. It's serious. I mean, all jokes apart, this is serious. This is your salvation. It is by righteousness. Meaning it's by Christ. No Christ, no kingdom. And Christ is a doctrine that you abide. Whosoever transgresseth, John will say, Second John verse 9, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. Simple. Then, and I like John. You know, if, if, if John just say, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in Christ, hath not God. People say, ah, I'm in Christ now. Am I not born again? I'm in Christ. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> he made it known. Whosoever transgressed and abided not in what? In the doctrine, the teaching of Christ. Hath not God. Remember how we started today? Isaiah 28 verse 9. Let's just see it again. Verse 9 says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Who is the them that are weaned for milk. Milk is not evil. Do you get me? Milk is the word of God. 
But there is something more called doctrine. To have God, you need it. You can't skip the school of doctrine. Am I being clear today? You cannot skip the school of doctrine. But without me, you may not be able to keep born again sense. So, so nobody should, we should, nobody should downplay me. Please. Because without me, forget if I teach doctrines to some boys now. If I not only, <laughs> not only will they reject me, they reject Christianity. <laughs> Amen. So God needs, God uses milk. Milk is a sweetness for babies to keep the babies. But for you to have a God, you need to graduate into doctrine. There is no two ways about it. So, open ye the gates, that the righteous nation, that which keepeth the truth, may enter in. Verse 3, Thou would keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. I taught this, I've been teaching this also, that to come into peace, mind is judgment. Judgment is for head, is for mind. Amen. I won't, because of time, I will not belabor that point. But judgment is for mind to deal with the last enmity you have against God. The carnal mind. That was the message of two weeks ago, I believe. Now, I want us to, because I want us to see 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 breaks out, breaks down the journey of righteousness even better for us. And now teaches us how the thing will translate into the entrance into the kingdom. So I want us to now spend the time there. Second Peter chapter 1. I'll start from verse 3. I'll start from verse 3. According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge, meaning through righteousness. So the divine power operates by righteousness, which is the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. Temperance, patience. These are the attributes I'll be picking up when I know you are knowing Christ. I'll start seeing these things on you. Amen? Temperance. To temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Are you seeing you are getting closer? Are you seeing how you are getting closer to God? From temperance, where are you now? You are like becoming like God. Before you were more like man. But as you are becoming more temperate, more patient, before you know it, you are becoming more, you are more closer to like God than like man. So it's a transition. So you are joining up the mountain of God at this hour. Amen. And to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. They call it the feast of charity. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Because charity is the greatest of these. In charity, is when they will say you are keeping truth now. Because mean you are now doing it. It's who you are, so you are now doing it. Father Kevin, your question? Yes. 
Can you speak up a bit more? Yeah. So the journey between life and godliness. Yes. Yes. So Christ, all of these things are life. But life unto abundant life. So godliness is more life than the original life you began with. Our life is knowledge. So the words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. So are you seeing? And to knowledge, temperance. So the knowledge will be teaching you how to be temperate. The knowledge of Christ will teach you how to learn how to be patient. The knowledge of Christ will teach you how to be more forgiving. Those are the attributes. Those are some of the things you'll be learning as you are acquiring Christ, as they are teaching you Christ. You will no longer be as hasty as you used to be before. That's one of the first things you will learn. You will be able to calm down more now. I, am I complicated? Because the Bible says, He that believeth shall not make haste. So, by teachings, teachings, all these teachings, have you noticed that? Have you noticed that sometimes all the effects of all these teachings that sometimes your soul will be weary, retired? It's part of salvation. Meaning all those gym gym, all those energy you also used to have, the righteousness is cooling it down and rearranging it. You are now coming down. It's part of right, the journey of righteousness. Amen. Why are you coming down? Because you are realizing that some of the things I used to do before, they are oh, wow, this thing was actually wrong. This thing was actually wrong. I don't know this thing. I don't really know this thing. Before you just go and do it. So now you are now more temperate in making actions. So that journey of life to godliness is actually life to life. Just that godliness is a higher frame of life. Are you getting me? That's the word I will say. Godliness is a higher what? Frame of life than the one you first began with. Amen? And charity is the highest frame of that thing called life, Christ. Are you getting me? That mystery of Christ in Colossians chapter 2 verse 2. Amen? Which we read last week. We're still going to, maybe we'll visit it as we close. When it talks about the mystery of Christ, the mystery of the Father, the mystery of God. Charity is the end of Christ. Of life. Meaning, charity is the end of righteousness. The next thing after charity is judgment. Or, as we want to define it here, faithfulness. Again, charity is when you get to the gate. That's why now abided this tree. What is then? Faith, hope, and charity. The greatest of these is what? Charity. Why did they say now abide it? Then after now is what? Then. Then is when you have entered the kingdom. Because now we know in part. Then shall we know, even as we are known. Now we see through a glass darkly. Then shall we see face to face. So now and then. That's the English they just used to describe the demarcation. The kingdom of God is separated from the now, from the present. Once you enter the kingdom, you have moved away from the present. You are moving away from the present into an eternal world. So they call the present now. And the greatest of the now is the 
charity, which is the peak of Christ. Amen. Are you guys enjoying this labor today? Life to life. Life then to godliness. Then to charity. Are we okay? So the labor of righteousness is the labor that will make you get to charity. Am I communicating? Make, that when you are a charitable, it's not by mouth. It's by nature. Charity endureth all things. Are you, can you endure all things? Charity believeth all things. Charity seeketh not our own. <laughs> Charity is a high boy. Are you seeing that thing? Charity, it means by nature. Charity makes you lasting. Charity is the lasting life. The next thing to charity is everlasting life. Because charity endures what? All things. Means by charity, by charity, you are beginning to smell like a faithful man. You are beginning to smell like faithfulness. By charity, God is beginning to see that you cannot use difficult for you to turn. By charity, God is beginning to know that I, I have Sam. Sam is on my side. Because it means that there is nothing Satan can throw at Sam that Sam will not be able to bear. That's charity. That's charity. So charity is the, the, is the gate, essentially, to crossover. Question again. What is abundant life? Uh-huh. That's the next thing we want to read. I just finished charity. Uh-huh. So the next one is abundant. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we still take another 15 minutes? You can just stretch your leg, you know. Can we still take just another 15 minutes? Praise God. Hallelujah. By the message of God, 15 minutes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Verse 7. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and, and, are you seeing it? And abound. Okay, who can help us from last week? I need, uh, I have David Ginny. I suspect maybe Chiyo might be able to give us, uh, no? Okay, or Ginny. Somebody, can somebody just give us a good recap of last week? That word abound was visited. It is okay. I'll give the recap. I'll do the other help. Because people need to hear you. You won't be able to hear you. It's okay. I'll give the. I'll, I'll give it. It's okay. It's okay. Last week, the foundational scripture was Colossians chapter two two, where we we're speaking about. We're trying to talk about the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. Amen. Let's see it. I'll use now now to round up because we're about to enter into our bounding. Amen. Praise God. So if you're online, you're hearing, you need to listen to last week's message in combination with this one for it to settle well for you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Colossians chapter 2 verse 2. It says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, we call it eternal life, and of the Father, we call that one what? Everlasting life, and of Christ, who is that? Life. Not so? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then we now, another version we called it, the mystery of Christ, and then of the Father, everlasting Christ, because Christ is life, and then of God, eternal Christ. Because that word Christ means Messiah, meaning anointed for salvation. Amen. So Christ is a dimension of salvation. The Father is actually what we now call publishing of peace, which is now everlasting salvation. And in the Father's dimension of salvation is a wall, means a shield. So when he said to Abraham, I am thy shield, meaning I'm an everlasting life, and thy exceeding great reward, meaning eternal life, which is a gift, a reward. Are you not seeing those statements? Shield. Why is shield salvation? Let me explain it to you. Why shield is a salvation is this. If you are under a shield by which anything called your enemy cannot reach you, are you not safe? You are not, not like you are even doing anything or doing will of God or anything. You just have all the knowledge, all the understanding as against every arrow that Satan can ever throw at you. Are you not safe? You are safe now. Is that not safety? Excuse me. Why do potentially, why do some of us have the potential to talk? It's because Satan can still do something in our life that will make us potentially think of living God. Am I not right? It means there are still some areas that Satan may touch in our life that can make us double think it. Double think our work with God. So everlasting life is when you've come into all knowledges, all understanding, full assurance of understanding, where you know that there is nothing the enemy can throw at you that will make you turn like David got to. My heart is fixed. This God shall be my God. He shall be my God, our guide even unto the end. That's everlasting talk. It means you pass through every tempest of the enemy. You've seen all the no, all, or you've either you pass through every tempest of the enemy, or you've come into and you've humbled yourself under the Almighty hand of God and come into all understanding as against all the wiles of the enemy. Praise the name of the Lord. At that hour, you can say you have salvation because you have a defense. So salvation is two things. Salvation is a defense against the enemy and salvation is a reward. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't have enough time to, I know there's still a lot. There's a lot to open up here. And there's not enough time. So by the great grace of God, next week we'll continue in this line. We're going to be continuing this line. But you see that thing? Are you seeing that thing? Are you seeing that thing? Life. My brother, what is life? Christ. Right? What is life? Christ. What is everlasting life? Everlasting Father. 
And in another word, because I, you see, life is Christ. So what is everlasting life? Everlasting Christ. Then another word, abounding Christ. When Christ has become so full, so stony in you and even abounding, overflowing in you, it's the one that is overflowing that will be worrying for you. You are safe. It's the abundance that will be war during your battles for you. Anyone who has entered that kingdom is safe. Do you know why? Do you know where they beat Satan? They beat Satan on the mountain. The journey to the kingdom. In the kingdom is very defeated. He can't cross that gate. He can't get there. Souls overcome him as with truth, as they are journeying. And where is that Christ coming from? From the Father. Meaning the Christ on Zion is the one that is abounding from the Father. That's why God and Satan, they are never mates. They are not mates. They don't talk. What fights Satan for God is his Christ. What overflows out of his mouth is what wars for him. Am I making sense, somebody? So, do you know when you begin to abound? You begin to abound when you've crossed that gate. Because just behind the gate, you are full. It's called the fullness of Christ. What is the next thing after fullness? Abounding. My cup runneth over. The moment a cup is full, pour any extra water in it. What happens to it? It pours out. It abounds. Are you seeing the concept? So, lay Christ to fullness first. Amen? Remember SOS? It was fullness of Christ. Lay Christ to fullness first. After you are full, meaning you have gotten to the gate, the next thing after is that you pour over, you run over, you abound. So that's why First Peter, Second Peter chapter 1 was saying that if, any, if a man continues in these things and abound daring, let's see it. Oh, glory to God. We need to just finish this thought. Verse 8. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 8. Are we there? Verse 8. For if these things, which things? If these things be in you, which things? Knowledge to charity. With godliness inside. With temperance inside. With patience inside. With all those attributes. All up until the peak. The fullness of Christ is charity. If those things be in you. And then, meaning you are full of it. And abound. And abound. They make you that ye shall neither be barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he, had, he was poured from his old sins. Verse 10 now. Look at verse 10 now. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things what things? Those things that you need to abound in. You shall never fa- fall. Sorry. You shall never fall. Amen. I'm rushing out to round up. Amen. You shall never fall. Now hear me. Remember, when you were in righteousness, you were falling. For if a righteous man falleth seven times, what would he do? He will rise up seven times. So if you have come to a place where you shall never fall, what has happened? You have salvation. 
And that's what we call everlasting life. Now look at the next verse. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. You see abundant again. Abounding, abundant, abounding, abundant. Abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Why do they call it everlasting kingdom? Because you received everlasting life. So everlasting life is abundant life. Aha. I have come that you may have life. And have it more abundantly. Amen. So, you know, all these things I'm saying, I'm just defining the vision for this place, for this platform. We'll preach life until it abounds in you. By the mercies of God. Until it abounds in you. The last one called the eternal Christ. That one is a knowledge too. But it's a knowledge I call of a hidden stone with a name written in it. Hidden manna. Is a gift. Is a reward gift. I won't say much further about it. This is not the time for that. But it's also a preaching as well. It's a knowledge also. It's like the icing, the cream, the, the, the cherry on the cake. And it makes the whole thing melodious. Joyful. Hallelujah. Are we blessed in the house today? Are we now seeing how righteousness will get you to what? Faithfulness. So if you are having problems with being faithful, what is your problem? You're right. The Bible says that if a man's strength fail in the days of adversity, what happened? What happened to his strength? His strength is little. And what is strength? Knowledge is strength. So if a man's strength fails in the days of adversity, his knowledge is small. So whenever your heart is failing, what is your answer? I need more knowledge. Am I giving you a key? Take that key today. Write it down on the tablets of your heart and your mind. Whenever you are feeling depressed, you are feeling fail, you are failing, you are about to fail, you are quarter to fail. This is what I do. I quickly plug in a message, let it be playing in my ear. I open my Bible and read. Sometimes if I'm lazy at that hour to open my Bible and read, I there are messages. Amen. If you feel maybe GFM Reverend is too high, this Pastor Emeka. Or you can stream a little boy like me. If you feel that's what will help you. Anything that can get you with knowledge. Save yourself. The answer is not to pity party. In your depression. In your weakness at that hour. The answer is to gain strength as against the weakness. Amen. For a man of knowledge increases. A man of knowledge increases. That's what I will end with. Go and increase in strength, my people. Go and abound in strength. I pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord God Almighty will open the eyes of your understanding even more 
and open the eyes of your understanding. So that as you are hearing, you are comprehending. I say comprehension come upon all of you. Everyone who is hearing me, both here in person and online, who is yet to hear me, you will still hear me. I say I pray for you right now, the opening of your eyes of your understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus. May you receive understanding right now. May you abound in knowledge right now. May your strength increase. Would it increase? It would increase and increase until you are faithful. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, my Father. We bless your holy name. We exalt you. We give you all the praise and adoration. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming joining us again. Uh you dwells between the cherubim shining forth.